Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about it. We need to Louis. talk to someone about it. <laughs> Gotta Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Kauna people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations Bluey fans who are joining us today. Kate McMahon, it is a new year. It is new Bluey. <laughs> is it a new you? <laughs> I wish it was. And um, uh, I think it's a new Bluey podcast edition for us because um, – you may have just heard that we've done for the first time an acknowledgement of country in our um, title credits, and this is something that's really important to um, both of us. Um, one of the things that people may be questioning is why we're acknowledging um, the people of the Adelaide Plains, and that's because we actually moved to Adelaide at the end of last year. So, not <laughs> hooray! Oh no, not hooray! But hooray um, for you guys, uh, yeah. not hooray for Mary left in Melbourne. But uh, this is the first time I think we're recording from uh, across state <laughs> borders. State borders, which are open for the first time, I think. So, yes. um, so yeah, perhaps that brings us closer together. <laughs> yeah, and look, um, many visits are scheduled back and forward, so I'm sure we'll be seeing, continuing to see a lot of each other. <laughs> but for now, it's just beautiful to see you via our podcasting recording <laughs> equipment. <laughs> beautiful to see you. And, yeah, what prompted us actually to think about putting that acknowledgement of country at the start is because – um, it was last season, season two, that Bluey started uh, putting that at the end of their episodes, and a lot of people picked up on that too. Um, they are acknowledging the traditional country of the Yagara and Turbal Nation um, up in Brisbane. And, yeah, I think that got a lot of great feedback and it made us realise, oh, we're on country too, we should be acknowledging. So, uh, yeah, a lovely way to start the year. Absolutely. Even if it means that you're acknowledging over there and I'm acknowledging <laughs> over here. Okay, start of a new year. Uh, I think it's fair to say we're starting this uh, recapping year on the high of <laughs> last year for us because we're recapping promises. Which, why, why do we love this episode so much? <laughs> oh, really? really? Um, <laughs> no, it, the reason that we love this, obviously, is because we were very um, thrilled to be asked to read some very small parts which aired in this episode and it's such a beautiful one. I'm so glad that we're part of it. Um, but, Mary, do you want to talk us through, I mean, I've got very vivid memories as well, so I'll probably <laughs> won't resist, like, not The heavens in. opened, like, you know, light beamed down. Do you remember the day that we were asked? Uh, well, there, it was... It was hinted at for a while before it officially became, like there were promises made, I think is really the only way you can read it. Uh, but it didn't feel real until we actually, well, for me at least, until I actually saw the episode. <laughs> um, but, yeah, because uh, I think an email came through from uh, Joe Brum, the creator himself, to say, oh, uh, just, you know, just a question. I uh, think, think I might already know the answer. I might, how does he know us so well? So well. <laughs> it's not like we'd been hinting for years on our podcast that we'd be uh, really keen. <laughs> yeah, uh, might have a couple of voices. And it probably was a few months between that point and actually mm. hearing from um, producer extraordinaire Sam Moore that it was all happening and mm. the scripts were coming. And then, yeah, hang on, once- hang on. you're skipping too far ahead. Okay, so, so too so far, too far. When when this email came through, I screamed so loudly that my husband thought something wrong had happened, <laughs> and he was like, "What happened? What happened?" And I was like, "Oh my god, the best thing ever!" And he's like, "Did we win the lottery?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yes, even, even better." <laughs> Mary and I are going to maybe do a Voices for Bluey. And even he was just like, yeah, that's pretty Yeah, cool. that's better. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Because um, Tim is a man who's very invested in winning the lottery as well. Is, so yeah. that's a big call from him. <laughs> so his his mum um, has a uh, reputation for reading tea leaves and palms. And oh, right. a few yeah. years ago she told Tim that he would win a house. So <laughs> So he's just very invested in the fact that one day – it will just happen for us. We'll just <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that makes him more, but like buy more house lottery yeah. tickets? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tim's mom, what have you done? <laughs> St. Liz. Um, anyway, uh, I, I'm okay, all here for yeah. it. I love the hope. I love the dream. Um, anyway, and then, yeah. and then when we wrote back and said, uh, yes, yeah. with, like multiple exclamation marks following, um, Joe Brown, said something like oh yeah that would be great I'm very glad that you will and he said here's a clue and it was emojis of books oh so, yeah. yeah yeah so that oh, was this is all coming back to me I'm glad you yeah. put this in the oh no this, <laughs> this, is, this is vivid okay um, yeah sure so that was very exciting for me because um confession Mary I'm a massive library nerd and when I was at school I actually um got teased about it quite a lot as a child. Oh really? <laughs> I did. Oh man. So like I don't know. I think most kids go through an awkward phase and mine sort of lasted for about 7 or 8 years and probably continuing to be fair. And um yeah, when I was in year 7 and 8 um uh, my mum would pick me up from the library in the centre mm-hmm. of our town after after school. She was a teacher and there was a gap between me finishing and her being available to pick me up. So she'd always meet me at the library. But then I think I got a bit of teasing from people who knew that I used to go to the library after school. <laughs> just, I know. Anyway, but... The um, worst. But I love libraries and like whenever um I was really little and would go to school with my mum, you know those days back in the eighties when like you were sick and you could go with your parents to wherever they were yeah. working. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's and just trail around a sick kid to work day. Yeah, like just, that's not just a thing anymore. Bring all your germs into the <laughs> workplace and just sit there sick in the corner all day. Anyway, so my mum used to drop me off at her. She's a um, an English as a second language teacher, and she used to drop me at the library at her school. And I was very Ooh. good at cataloging books. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And um, they, yeah. And then I think yeah, there were times where like um, you know, school holidays. How sometimes like mum would have to go back to work, and but my school hadn't gone back yet, so I'd go and help out at the library. That was a nice job for a you know teenage. Girl, that was a bit awkward and a bit bookish anyway. And I think that's a dream job now. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister in law is a librarian. So it was very exciting when we did get the script. And it was a few months later, actually, with the caveat that um, A, we couldn't talk about it, but B, they may replace us with someone more famous. Oh man, it was just such a, yeah. I like, did you read that as, like, you know, kind of trying to let us down lightly or carrot and stick, like, you know, do it properly or, or you're out. <laughs> no, I thought it was, um, like, you know, preparing us for the reality that they yeah, might, yeah. they might like having random podcast people on Bluey, but maybe the ABC executives go, who are these people? Like, what, yeah. what is this all about? Uh, well, yeah, I possibly. They thought we might be a bit over-invested as well. (laughs) There was, yeah, there was uh, uh, highly strung uh, women to manage there. (laughs) But, no, uh, we didn't have to throw any tantrums and that was a great relief. (laughs) Toddler tantrums even. (laughs) No. Yeah, no one wants a tantrum on on the set. Night, kids. Night, Dad. Are you still cranky with me? I mean, tell me about the recording experience from your perspective, Mary, because we only just squeezed it in. It was like the miracle window. It was, yes, like the bluey stars aligned, as bluey stars often do, I guess, because it was the start of the week. They told us it was going to be either Thursday or Friday, and then it was going to be Friday. We had it all sorted. That was happening um, I have the day off on Friday. You don't, but you were going to make it work. Mm. Uh, and then midweeks, like actually Thursday. So we did it on Thursday as case numbers in Melbourne were rising, which in 2021, that could only mean one thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And yeah, we cases of COVID, we should cases say. Cases of COVID, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, at the time we were aiming for zero. Like, yeah, any COVID in the community was yeah. being like snapped down by having lockdowns. Lockdowns, yeah. yeah. So this was July, mm-hmm. and July? No, was it? Oh, yeah, maybe June. Maybe June. Anyway, so this was mid-year and we already had had a few lockdowns within the year and uh, by the time we were going in to record together uh, with our kids um, yep. into uh, South Melbourne, I think that same day a lockdown had been announced from the next day. So from 8pm, yeah, and oh, we wouldn't have been. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was 8pm yeah. that day because I remember like we had a play in the park and then I think – I can't remember if it's the morning or the afternoon, but I was like, I need to go get some new runners for Will because we weren't sure how long <laughs> it would last. And in the previous lockdowns, he'd, his feet had grown, but, like, he was just, like, wearing shoes that were too tight for a good few months. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that was pretty full So, on, yeah, it? it was a very mad day. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but that day I'd gotten to the place where we were recording a bit earlier than planned and had time to kill with the boys so we ducked into an op shop and very off brand uh (laughs) walked in and bon had the moment of looking up to the top shelf and seeing a pj mask like hq toy oh wow Uh, which was like mom uh so yeah we pulled it down it had two dollars on it and (laughs) the three months of lockdown that followed that was our savior we All the bluey toys went straight into PJ Mask HQ and so much good play <laughs> happened. So, uh, yeah, it. slightly slightly off brand for this podcast, but you got to take what you can get in a tough, tough pandemic time. Yeah. <laughs> the reason that we had our kids with us was because um, they had yes. mentioned, um, Sam Moore, the lovely producer, had said um, that there may be a small part for um, a toddler in this, which we now know is the the child in the playground. Um, uh, yeah, the it, little yeah. flying fox hog, which yeah. not our children at all, as it turns. <laughs> <laughs> no. So they said, would would you know? We know that you've got young kids. Would any of them be up for trying to record it? So we thought, well, we'll take all of them and <laughs> see if any work out. Um, I have never been more proud of Will in my entire life. So he's he was four at the time and, um, you know, because it's, it's a big deal going to a recording studio. Oh, yeah. But he was, like, so entitled about it. He was like, mum's going to be, you know, recording a voice for Bluey. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like <laughs> everyone gets to do this when you feel like it, just being Bluey. And I was like, um, and, and, you know, you're, you can have a go at reading a bit too. And he was like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> like, just, Such but, a cool customer. But he, came, he went in after Bon and Caspi to the, the studio mm. and I can't – was it the Bon or Caspi didn't want to do it? So Bon wanted to do it but didn't want to talk out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a problem as it turned out. And uh, – so, like, fair to say that Bon, anything you ask him to do, he doesn't want to do it. So I hadn't, you know, tried to get him to read the line, like to, you know, rehearse the lines in the car or anything like that. It was just, we'll get there, we'll put it in front of you and we'll see how you go. And like, mm-hmm. not that he can read. I'll say the words and you say the words after me kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, saying the words out loud were just, it was like he kind of whispered a few and kind of just, yeah, it was all a bit overwhelming. So, no, not a cool customer. Or Bon. Uh, but, yeah, Will, Will strode in and showed how it was done. <laughs> it was, it was um, so it wasn't Will's voice that was used in the end and I think that's because I was laughing too hard in the background. They probably couldn't get a clean cut. But um, he put on, he went full Meryl Streep. And oh, I was wow. So, proud of so he went, because, um, uh, Rich, the lovely producer, um, who was talking us through down the line. Yep. Yeah. So he was like on a, on a Zoom call basically. And we were in the studio, but looking at him coming in remote from Brisbane. And he was so, it was very informative. Like he was like, I want you to read it like this. Um, but when Will went in and like he had the headphones in and I couldn't hear what he was saying, but all of a sudden went, 
Because I think the line was something like, no, it's my turn. And Rich must yes. have said to him, you know, like, you know, really, like, it's my turn. And we all went full Meryl Streep and just said, no, it's my turn. And I just started, like, stamping his feet. And I just lost it so much. And then. That is amazing. That's amazing. Anyway, so then he then he was telling everyone for months that he was in Bluey, and he, I don't think he's twigged yet that he he wasn't. But anyway, uh, well, yeah, he's in Bluey in our hearts, and that's amazing. <laughs> Mary, you nailed your lines, I want to say as well. It was a great job. Likewise. And uh, even more exciting than really the voices that we spoke, uh, (laughs) I think as usual the Ludo team nailed our uh, character dogs. Yes. <laughs> can we get into that? Like, yes. should we just a talking plot or we can just talk that now, We'll right? talk about plot after we we'll talk about plot. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was on my New Year's resolution list to start yeah. the year self-absorbed and nailing it. Um, because Sorry, everyone. Okay, this, this is very self-indulgent today. It promises this beautiful episode. Uh, so it's my dog that pops up first, mm. uh, which is the um, – librarian mm-hmm. who uh so we heard from uh our very very reliable correspondent costa Kosab, who's one of the art directors um that uh the librarian is a great pyrenees um mm. designed by alice walsh i think one of the newer designers and um inspired by bell from the 80s classic cartoon <laughs> bell and sebastian which this makes me so happy very uh, brand I was for you. very very excited about that. Um, I don't know how the Ludo team knew that I used to get up at six o'clock in the morning to watch that on ABC Kids Rotation um, when I was like, very, like probably six or seven, I reckon. Oh, wow. um, and that was on in the 80s. Uh, but yeah, that, I love being the hero rescuing dog. It's just <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, look, that was. I never, I, as many episodes as I watched of that, and it was all very high drama and emotional and, and beautifully animated, uh, never really got a good handle on the plot because it was one of those episodes, it's like the Phantom or something like that where you just only ever see tiny bits of it and you've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> if Come at me if someone understands what's happening in the <laughs> Phantom comics, by the way. But I look at those, I'm like, what? Like, just why? Well, so, you only get two frames or something. Yeah, exactly. so it's like, Unless so, you're avidly reading it. <laughs> that was that was the equivalent of Bell and Sebastian for sleepy eight-year-old Mary um, <laughs> wondering just why, but loving it nonetheless. And then your dog, Kate, yes, uh, is designed by Costa himself Hello. and – German short-haired pointer. Uh, any any personal connections with that gorgeous breed? None whatsoever. But you know, it's a brunette. I'm a brunette. I, I, yes, I'm, uh, I'm happy. I was I was very excited, and um, yeah, I've, I've used it as my profile picture on Facebook and things like that. Now, <laughs> so yeah, it's exciting. Uh, so good. Uh, loved particularly. Um, of course, this happens to everyone in the. Ludo in the bluey verse, but uh, disembodied eyebrows. Yes. We managed to get them. Uh, so yeah, I feel even more, uh, even more a part of the bluey verse because of that. I love um, your glasses as well, and like they had a very fetching scarf on you too, which I felt it was a subtle throw baby. to your got to be done avatar. Yes, possibly. I uh, my good gorgeous doggo. Um, designed by J.F. Tranquil for mm-hmm. uh, Got to Be Done, uh, has a red bandana, which I, like, requested when he designed that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, lovely to upgrade that to a shawl, although that might suggest <laughs> I'm getting older maybe. Um, <laughs> but your dog, Kate, has an amazing accessory that is actually a shout-out to another episode too. Yes. So I'm holding a book. Um, is this what we're talking about? Yes. Yeah. The book. So- yeah. Just checking if there was a random accessory I've missed. Um, so the book I'm holding in Promises is like a pink book with a, a unicorn thing on the front. And this is mm-hmm. a book that we later see in the episode Unicorse. So um, that Unicorse himself wants to read. So um, 
perhaps the girls have gone back and borrowed that from the library. So uh, that man. gives me great joy and it was very exciting to see, you know, a little hangover in another episode as well. So. Yes. Oh, and one more thing. Um, back to my character, Kay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the obsession continues. Um, yeah, in that library shot where the librarian's at the desk and it's a wide shot with Bandit kneeling down, not one but two long dogs in the background <laughs> of that shot. So, oh, my God. <laughs> Is this the first time we've seen double long dog? Good question. Possibly. Mm. I can't think I of feel another. Like Although maybe there's been a long dog on the fridge, long dog in the fruit bowl scenario before, oh, yeah, yeah. but I don't know if that would have been same shot or same scene. Mm. 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 Uh, we'll have to go back and watch them all. Well, they're all on Aussie at the moment, which is making <gasps> my know. life. It's amazing. Oh. Finally, the, the ABC gods have answered our prayers. Yeah, man. If if you've been like waiting for the right time to get a mate onto listening to Got to Be Done, it is now if you're in Australia because any episode that mm-hmm. they want to listen to of Got to Be Done, they can watch along on iView. So, yeah. Ah, uh, exciting time. They must have to allow an extra hour after watching the episode. <laughs> you know, if they're listening along, it's been Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, um, wow. I have Indulgence. one more thing to say about us recording before, or a few more things to say about us recording our pits before we move on to, like, the general episode and plot. But um, <laughs> I've never found it so difficult to be surprised in my life. You know, here I am thinking... <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know, like you and I have both I'm done some voice work before, <laughs> you know, like because we've done journalism, I've done heaps of radio stuff, you're a producer on radio, you've done heaps of TV presenting as well. Uh, yeah. I honestly thought that like reading two lines, I'm like, yeah, I didn't even stress about it. It was like, yeah, it'll be fine. Totally. And then, then the first thing Rich said to me was like, oh, so we just need some like general surprise noises. <laughs> And the first thing I think I did was like a, oh! (laughs) It's like, so that's interesting. (laughs) And um, I was after more of a, what? Okay, right, right. Yeah, but. um, Who knew there was a way to be surprised? But yeah, once he pointed it out, and I was with you, I was struggling with that that not even line. Um, But yeah, I think we got there. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, I just was like, I'd never felt so inadequate <laughs> being like making a noise before. Excuse me. Huh? Down here. Oh. <laughs> Hello. <gasps> uh, so funny. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, that's, um, yeah. I'm glad that we can say that we're now part of an Emmy Award winning children's TV show. And, um, yeah. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> Okay, so (laughs) let's get into promises. Um, And, yeah, from the very first scene, possibly an episode we could extremely relate to anyway, even without being in it, because Chili is trying to finish tidying up. (laughs) (laughs) Tidy. Louie. What? I just tidied. I mean, did you ever see, it was like this viral clip on like all the social media things a few years ago and it was like a mum folding up stuff and putting in the drawers and then there was a child next to her just ripping it all out and putting it on the floor. Uh, that is my life. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. I, it's just the never-ending cleanup. So anyway, um, one thing I was really interested though in this scene is that above the cabinet where Chili's been putting the puzzles and games away, there are two family portraits that we can see above the console. Uh-huh. And because we're nerds, we zoomed in, and one is definitely um, Chili's dad, so granddad yeah. dog, and it looks like um, baby Chili, maybe about Bingo's age as well. Uh-huh. But there's another adult dog and I think an older, I want to say, sibling. I Who think looks so. like Chili. I oh, know. So does Chili have a sister or a brother <gasps> that we might see or or her mum, you know? So. Well, Kate, I don't want to put out spoilers, but uh, I have seen Bluey's big play and you have <gasps> not. Yes. 
Yes, Tilly has a sister, a big oh my sister God. called Brandy, uh, who you don't see on stage in the play, but she's a big kind of plot point in oh. this show. So uh, we've established you're in Adelaide. We don't know when Bluey's Big Play <laughs> is in Adelaide, but uh, producers of Bluey's Big Play, I think it's about time to just take the show to Kate's house and put it yes. on because she needs to see this. I can get them a crowd. And I think the Hammer Barn Project guys are in Adelaide as well, which is another Bluey-related yes. podcast. So between us, I think, well, this could the be a The show's already been phenomenon. there once, but I reckon, but, yeah, oh, imagine. I think they're going to have to get you plus Hammer Barn guys <laughs> on stage to introduce it for a run of at least, like, 50 shows. So right. I hope you're not busy. Like Putting <laughs> stuff out on the podcast has landed us the role in this episode. So, you know, I'm very comfortable with that, <laughs> putting that out there right now. <laughs> Manifesting yes. wildly. Love it. I just tidied. What are you doing? Panda puzzle. But Dad's about to take you to the trampolinium. Uh, yeah, I think we've all been there. The whole promise me you'll tidy up when you're done and then running out the door. Oh, But Bluey's line especially, <laughs> uh, I'm not done. And, yeah, man, what parent hasn't heard that? Just the we, our house is just a, a museum of unfinished child projects yeah. <laughs> that and can't second- be cleaned up yet. We um recently did the in a, in an old blue magazine which you gave to us months ago. There was like a um you know cut out these pieces on stick them on cardboard and you can make like a diorama of the creek. Oh. And we only did it just the other day and um yeah it sat it sat there now for two days and I Ooh, what do you but do? The boys were very involved when it well now I don't know because I'm like as soon as I tidy this up. There's going to be tears about where's uh, the creek. So does it just sit there? I don't know. Uh, I, when do you call it? <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Like dioramas are hard. Like I have the idea in my head of a scrapbook for art that one day I will have this scrapbook that art goes into and that's how it gets preserved. But, yeah. I'm going to have an offline conversation with you about a, a friend of mine found this program and you mail them all of your kids art and they just print it and put it in a book for you oh, it looks amazing interesting. i think it's a good investment it gets all the, and they won't return the art unless you pay them extra so, do they have to keep it for seven years in case you need a one no. back like in case no. you get audited yeah no. great okay. <laughs> oh my god i think uh, this could be the solution to our problems though okay but, um, interested yes yeah um anyway so trampoliniums are these a new phenomenon? <laughs> like trampoline parks just did not exist. I mean, trampolines in general with safety <laughs> didn't yeah, exist yeah, in totally. when we were kids. I would but, say ten years though. That yeah, that, that like there's there's a big chain, and I think I, I want to say it's called Jump or maybe Bounce. Bounce, yeah, of trampoliniums, but trampolinium yep. obviously the superior name, and yep. Bounce. Yeah, you've been schooled on this, um, but yeah, I feel like trampoline parks are been around for a while mm. um work, you though. haven't had the pleasure no no I haven't not with the kids um no, we no, went I to like an inflatable world I think okay which had trampolines in it but not to the same extent <laughs> so it's hard I, work oh, it's really hard work totally like I feel like inflatable world you can just kind of fall over anywhere and it's fine mm. and it's fun whereas you actually have to land in the right place and take quite giant leaps at trampolinium slash bounce. So <laughs> I took my niece when she was a fair bit younger, so probably would have been, you know, quite a few years ago. And I was, was pre kids, like, like yeah, so pelvic kids. Floor. Yeah. So yeah, pelvic floor, <laughs> great. But um, yeah, I don't know what I was missing but I was just bouncing up and down and the idea was and then I would leap to another trampoline and land on that and then leap to another trampoline I couldn't get the forward motion happening I was just like I'm just going up and down like I just don't want to make the leap and yeah I had to like sort of uh, tap myself off the trampolines and take a good hard look because like there were little kids behind me just sort of starting to look very uh you've had your turn lady So that was embarrassing, but Bandit Hitler uh, clearly doesn't have this problem. I'm seeing a lot of forward motion as he goes in to rescue the kids. Yeah. Give her 21 more minutes. Dad, 
That's it. I'm coming in. Get back here. You've had 21 more minutes. Oh, my gosh. Just, yeah. There's a lot of relatable parenting moments. As the kids are driving to the trampolinium, they drive past the library, which we've had identified by Bluey Locations as the Ashgrove Library. Um, yes. I have to say the day that this episode came out was so exciting for us, not just because we were in it, but um, because our good friends at Bluey's Brisbane and Michael Toon from um, Bluey Locations on Instagram all went to the Ashfield Library and were, were filming all around it and showing pictures and showing the, the playground, which actually exists right next to it. And um, apparently the library itself made this big bluey display after the episode. So it must have been pretty thrilling for them as well. So cute. Ashgrove Library is on Insta as well as, (gasps) yeah, plenty of posts, um, yeah, about this great space from Bluey Locations and Bluey's Brisbane. Um, And this episode is true to the location to the extent that they have an on-site cafe, which I love in a library. We we moved last year and our new local library has a cafe. Amazing. Uh, uh, but also, yeah, the the library sit like you know you're sort of seeing bean bags and toys and stuff like that. So it's not that very ye olde stay the library of just you know nothing but books, shelf of uh, books. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it it does look very uh, community and yeah. I love libraries. Yeah, I love libraries too. Night, kids. Night, Dad. <laughs> Are you still cranky with me? You said we could go to the library. It was shut. You promised. And you shouldn't break a promise. But, yes, the whole um, you promised to take us to the library, (laughs) it's closed. Okay, so I have a bone to pick with Bluey in that maybe it's just the age Bon is at, but I am hearing a lot more about promises I've broken since this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Promises that I didn't even know I was making at the time and may, may be kind of being, you know, history rewritten from the perspective of one Bonaventure uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that they were ever promises in the first place. Um, so, yeah, do you do you get a lot of promise talk at your house, Kate? Yeah, we do. And um, often it comes out like well after you can do anything constructive about it. So um, we've had a lot of tears just before bedtime recently, you know, and then when you do the investigation, what is it, mate? What What's going on? And then um, it'll be like, you promised that we could get a milkshake and we didn't get a milkshake today. And it's like, it's eight o'clock at night and like, you should have been in bed 15 minutes ago. Like, yeah. We will deal with this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. No reminder yeah. during the day. Like, remind me <laughs> and I can do something about it. I can't do anything about it if I'm, anyway. Uh, but yeah, they still fully expect that milkshake to just materialize. <laughs> like, <laughs> to hand it to the optimism <laughs> yeah come on kids hurry up hey this morning i said to bingo to hurry up and she said i am hurry up <laughs> <laughs> um, um one thing i'm loving and i think promises sets the tone actually for quite a number of other bluey episodes down the track is um the moments between chili and bandit where it's sort of exploring their relationship as parents together. Yes. And like sharing those little stories and moments and things that really make your day. I haven't seen that captured really before, but I love in this episode how, you know, they're sort of relaying these things, you know, Bingo was saying, I am hurry upping and and things like that. It was lovely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, agree. It's coming through a lot more in this season. Like to me, the quintessential that moment from the earliest days of Bluey was in um, the Wagon Ride episode yep. where they have that exchange asleep. of uh, <laughs> asleep, yep, <laughs> and that sort of set the tone for how these parents talk to each other. But, yeah, this episode is definitely, yeah, like you say, it's it's the magical kind of, you know, moments that, are worth remembering but might be quite hard to remember as you're trying to put your child to sleep and they're reminding you of the promises you made that day. <laughs> <laughs> 
And man, Bandit does a good business in uh face in this episode as well. <laughs> First when Bluey brings up the promises, but then also when he's waiting for them to finally get to the car while they're outside. Um, mm. I reckon it's it's a new expression for Bandit. Like it's more than eye roll. Like he's actually starting to look like he might oh. be at the end of his tether. <laughs> um, or perhaps that's just particularly relatable and I'm noticing at the moment. <laughs> the library was shut. Seems like we've got a promising problem. Yeah. Okay, from now on, no one makes any more promises. Have you ever had a promising problem? Uh, uh, do I overpromise? Possibly. Mm. <laughs> Usually on, uh, yeah, what time I'm actually going to be ready to podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's one we share. Problem, yeah, luckily. <laughs> But no, I I have a bribery problem, which is what the boys <laughs> readers promises. Like any kind right. of bribe that I put out there that if you do this, you know, you can have that, which I'm trying to dial back. Oh. Uh, um That's tough. Good on good on you uh, for trying. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, <laughs> all the boy like so I say if you do this, you can have that, you know, a chocolate from your Christmas stocking or whatever. All the boys here is chocolate from the Christmas stocking, I promise. <laughs> and no promise ever gets mentioned. But, yeah, uh, like you say, hard to wind back after uh, after it's planted. So, yeah, I have many problems uh, I need to fix, I think. Oh. But promising problem is quite specific. <laughs> it is a very specific one, isn't it? I don't think we've got a promising problem, probably more of a reminder problem. <laughs> I just need a list somewhere where I can write down all the. I need, you know what I need? I need a personal assistant following me around, writing down all the things I've promised. And then I can make good on it by the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My promises are also predictable. I could probably just have like a list of 10, you know, tattooed down my arm and just tick the one that's relevant. It's like very a memento. Just wipe it clean at the end of the day and then start again ticking. Absolutely. Let's start in the library. So okay. we're on our way and we've arrived, um, but the girls have, have hurried up on the proviso that they get to play toddlers um, and then bandits like, hang on, what's toddlers? This is toddlers? Yeah, you have to look at her on your knees. No way. Then a promise is a promise. Ugh, fine. It's been a popular game in our house ever since it aired. I can tell you now, like. Yeah, just wiggling around on your knees. (laughs) We have not played toddlers once and I don't think the boys are actually that invested in this episode and I don't know (laughs) if they're doing it to spite me. (laughs) But perhaps if I started getting them to play toddlers. But I don't know. So many of their games are already so close to the ground. Like they do a lot of playing dogs and turtles Mm. and um, various other things. I think like toddlers is almost too upright for their interests. (laughs) We definitely had a toddler's phase after this episode aired, but now Will's just like, Mummy, it's your episode. And then uh, which I think is like just adorable. Um yeah. but, Take that. but then he kinda loses interest. So yeah. <laughs> you know. It was very like muffin show aren't you your thongs. Like it like we'd be out with friends and Tim would be like, Mate, what's happened this morning? And he was like, Oh, you know, had breakfast <laughs> with Bluey. With your mum. <laughs> Bless Tim. I know. <laughs> Four points for trying. I know. It was so sweet. Um, uh, so and then we get to see you for the first time. Uh, um, yes. I love being a librarian, I have decided, and I'm going to get a pair of those glasses as soon as I can work out where to uh, get them. I don't need don't glasses. Need glasses no. <laughs> no, no, I don't wear glasses at all, but I will just get a pair of uh, non <laughs> non-prescription glasses that look like that and uh, be very on brand. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, the and 
I guess that's the scene where like the pay dirt of the toddler's game mm. really lands that, yeah, Bandit doesn't just have to walk around on his knees. He has to interact with other people and hilarious for the <laughs> girls, um, confusing for the other people, i.e. us. Um, mm. But really after his initial shock, he eases himself into this game pretty well and you might even say throws himself into it. <laughs> By the time he gets to library dog Kate, yeah, <laughs> like it's not it's just, uh, yeah, it's not just being on his knees. He's um, really, really delivering the lines as well. Excuse me, can you help my little brother, please? Oh yes, here you go, young man. Read to me. Oh, <laughs> look, I mean, it was the thrill um, interviewing Dave McCormack for previous episodes of Got to Be Done, um, but. I can't even tell you how exciting it was that, like, my dog was interacting with Bandit Healer. And I just, like, on no level were we ever in the same room. But it was really exciting (laughs) on, like, Dave McCormick and Bandit Healer level. It was like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Rig to me. I was like, I would, Dave. I absolutely would. (laughs) I'd be getting that book and I'd be sitting down with you for sure. Do you have any uh, theories about your dog's personality or uh, interests or uh, mm. anything like that? I honestly haven't thought about it, but <laughs> I'm just going to assume that dog's a little bit like me. So, yes. Okay. So yeah, lovely. Quite bookish <laughs> trying to help, be helpful, maybe a little bit awkward. Yeah. I think they nailed it. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. So we get to the... So toddlers, raging success, mm. bandit, quite committed to toddlers, but also seeking revenge. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and that gets delivered with his giant's books, presumably about archaeology. Yes. Uh, because he's an archaeologist or maybe, I don't know, what what else is a giant? Pizza book? ovens. I don't yes. know. Like- <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, like the, the home manuals and things, you know. Oh, yeah, like, like the, you know, like the entire Lord of the Rings perhaps. Yes. That, that kind of packs a punch. Uh, oh, we actually have that and it is it is quite weighty. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 war and peace styles. Um, yeah. So, yeah, who knows? Uh, mm. Hopefully that is revealed like, one day. I feel like he would have been quite vindictive about it and been like, <laughs> yeah. just what's the biggest books I didn't matter what the book was about. No. <laughs> yeah, totally. You promise you don't mind? It's only two books. Yeah, I promise. Great. Here they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And Bluey gets uh, forced to drag those, which is where Chili really comes into her own in this episode. Um, I'm going to from- label this the Brene Brown moment of the episode when she's talking about trust. Yeah, it was absolutely. Okay, listen, you two. You can't use promises to trick each other. Oh. The whole point of promises is to build trust. If there's no trust, none of this is possible. What? None of the whole world? None of it. For me, you know, this has just kind of been a pretty fun, playful episode up until now. Did mm. the trust speech obviously fits what's going on but I kind of felt a bit sideswiped by it even though yeah. I previously read the script what did you did you sort of see it coming um I mean only because we'd seen the script for the episode oh. but I, but I really like psychic no I know um <laughs> but it was it was really a beautiful way of just um really easily explaining it for kids I just thought that that was really lovely. So, yeah, I mean, because trust is such a um, an interesting thing. I've been um, there's some great podcasts by Brene Brown. Um, she recently did one, um, Brene on the Anatomy of Trust. Sorry, it's on her Unlocking Us podcast. Um, yeah, and she did that for the Oprah Super Soul sessions, and she talked about how trust isn't just a a thing that's sort of vague it's like actually made up of different elements so there's like um you know you've got to have boundaries you've got to have accountability you've got to have you know so you know you do what you say when you're going to do it and you've the vault as well which is like you know your secrets are safe with me my secrets are safe with you and even like um you know she talks about like the thing 
that she hadn't realized, which is something that I'm really trying to work on myself now because I'm so guilty of this, but, you know, like sharing secrets in a way to hotwire connection. So you might Ah. be like, oh, like, you know, Mary, did you hear about, I don't know, Joe and, you know, and this happened to him and, oh, my God, and it's so terrible and poor thing. But that's actually what that does is erode your trust in me inadvertently Uh, so we might have that moment of we think we're connecting but you might actually then turn around and go well if Kate's being indiscreet about that can I trust her with my thing which okay yeah so wow it's a really complicated structure and also for our own self-trust so yeah it's interesting (laughs) it's so interesting and all and all that kind of you know we think of trust as so personal, I guess, but where Chili takes it almost makes this episode quite topical because she goes from making promises and trusting each other to electricity poles mm-hmm. and kind of uh, trust in, you know, social and governmental trust, yeah. which the promises being made by governments at the moment and who trusts who and who doesn't trust who and uh, what a minefield. Um, But um, as much as she's talking just about the relationship between Bluey and Bandit and how they're working through who's, you know, who's tricking who, um, yeah, to bring it out big picture as well, like, ah, this is our problem. No one trusts each other but Mm. who? Added it. Who've made the? You know, how do we get down to who made that first uh, undelivered promise? I mean, oh. we're we're kind of in this Orwellian almost parallel at the moment, where you know, like we're it's almost the post truth era. And how do you <laughs> how do you have? I mean, it's funny, but it's also well, I think not. we're in a post trust <laughs> era because of it as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no one trusts anyone. No, and it's all you know. So much of it's about optics rather than facts, which, or feelings and opinions rather than um, what's reliable. So, yeah, I actually, yeah, I think it's a good way of explaining it to kids that, you know, the whole point of promises is that you build that trust because, you know, um, Brene Brown uses a marble jar analogy. Like, you know, like um, every time you do something that builds trust with someone, it's like putting some marbles in a jar. But every time you do something that breaks that trust, it's like taking a big handful of marbles out. Right. And and it's those little moments, you know, like remembering people's names and doing those consistent interactions and showing up. Yeah. They're the real things that add the marbles to the jar for most people. So, yeah. (sighs) Good New Year's episode, actually, Mm. for stuff to be thinking about. Well, promise is a trust, right? Like a resolution is... That promise either to yourself or to people in your community. Yes, yeah. and um, and deciding to not trick each other anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm a bit of a to trick people. <laughs> um, oh, but I will not eat cheesecake today. Also, <laughs> uh, a nice reminder that we should keep making promises uh, from that scene in the bedroom where Bingo, as usual, just gets a line of the episode. But you promised you'd always love us. Whoa, I didn't think this through. But you promised to always love us. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's right. We can we do have to keep making promises. Um <laughs> I loved I jumped on um we've talked about it before, but the absolute rabbit hole of TV tropes mm. uh and the fact that there's a bluey page. Um, I jumped on that to see if any of the new season episodes had sort of snuck in there. Oh, yeah, and yeah. apparently um, uh, as, as an established TV trope is didn't think this through, which is pretty much what Bandit says uh, when, <laughs> when Bingo accuses him of uh, breaking the lovingest uh, promise. Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah, when you think about it, yeah, the uh, didn't think it through is such a yeah. standard plot uh, plot trope that yeah I love that that got included in this episode um, <laughs> and yeah there's quite a few ones up there from the new season so if anyone has hours to kill uh, just going down it's <laughs> so amazing holes, enjoy what's the name of that site again Mary <clears throat> it's just tv tropes dot 
org, I think. Yeah. Yeah, tvtropes.org. And then if you search Bluey, uh, it goes on forever. Um, <laughs> disembodied eyebrows are a TV trope, apparently. Are they? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, oh. within the cartoon world. Um, I've just clicked onto that page. I don't know who the character is that. Uh, oh no, the, uh, there's an inside out character who has extremely disembodied eyebrows. I don't know who. Is that it the green is, one? Though. The purple one. I guess it's fear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fear. Yeah, those eyebrows are out of control. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, enjoy that deep dive of TV tropes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're in the park uh, now. We're in the park and everyone's got um, – Bluey has dived back into promises. So yeah. I think she's a bit like you and me, Kate, you know. <laughs> we're, we're never going to give up making promises. No. Well <laughs> – you can't avoid it, can you? Because, you know, it's part of life. But like anything, it can be hard. So this is um, probably a good point to launch into the music as well um, because when in this episode um, there's a, there's this theme running throughout underneath, but every time a promise is made, I don't know if you've noticed, Mary, but oh, there's a bit no. of a pause. Okay. Um, and then when a character is um, fulfilling a promise, the theme comes back. But yep. there's also a separate theme that comes through um, three times. So the first time is when Chili and Bandit are in the bedroom um, and they're talking about, you know, like you can make promises but you have to keep them. That's the first time yes. we hear this alternate theme. Okay, okay. yeah, that, that makes, makes more sense. sense. Bluey, from now on, we keep our promises. No matter what. No matter what. Oh, well, good night, everyone. Paper <laughs> puzzles. The next time is about, you know, Chili's little thing about the whole point of promises is to build trust. That's the yep. second time we hear it. Mm-hmm. So, and then the third time we hear it is when um, Bingo is stuck at the top of the climbing frame. Come on, Bingo, jump to me. I don't want to. It's fine, honey. I'll catch you. You promise? I do. I promise. <laughs> so I think the purpose, it's almost a little bit like sleepy time. When we hear this theme throughout the episode, subconsciously it's telling us like these are the moments of love and trust and connection that the parents are trying to bring to the kids. And it's also those really teachable moments that you know they're really trying to impart those lessons yeah so you can see um bluey the third time that that theme is when chili's saying i'll catch you i promise you can see bluey in the background really twigging actually you know this is this is something we're learning right now Mm -hmm. so you know and that mum's making this promise and she'll keep it because she's shown me the way so far so um, and then when Chili keeps the promise um, and Bingo falls, it launches back into that um, quite jolly sort of theme that we hear throughout. Um, there's some lovely variations as well that they've used. So, for example, when um, Bandit tricks Bluey with his big tomes, um, you hear this um, tuba coming in underneath and that's a really lovely instrumentation trick because the tuba is such a deep brassy sort of instrument it does really make you think of like that fatherly sort of you know like bigger father figure because the notes are so much bigger and rounder and deeper mm, wait up these books are heavy <laughs> thanks bluey you're a star okay listen you two um compared to the lighter um tones that we hear when like bluey's making a promise and the you know when the to- the toddlers are coming into the library even mm-hmm. though it is bandit it's sort of a bit lighter the way that yeah. they've, they've um scored it so um very clever because oh, it's not it. only subtly showing you when those promises are being fulfilled um even in the trampolinium we see that bandit when he says I'm coming to get you. That's him keeping his promise, and that's when we hear the uh-huh. theme. So yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so we really do see that consistently throughout, and then um, we get to the main sort of, I guess, plot point as well at the end, where um, 
Bluey is faced with this moment of do I get on the flying fox because I've been waiting for my turn um, and mum has said, you know, promise me that we'll leave once I say. Time to go. And for a second there we all think she might fly across. But then you see the empty flying fox coming. So proud of Bluey in that moment. (laughs) But there's also a lovely, um, almost like a wind down of the music. It's just a little bit slower. It's more gentle. Um, And it's really, I guess, showing like in a musical sense that kept promise, that sense of calm and um, closing out the day as well. So yeah, using the same theme throughout. So it's amazing how just with a few subtle changes, we really get those strong messages um, that reflect the script. Yes. Yeah. That's that all. I had noticed none of that and it all makes sense (laughs) to me now. So thank you, Kate. (laughs) Pleasure. Um, This whole ep is cut so well for the cliffhanger, like the, the tiny cliffhanger as well, both when Bandit says at the car, hang on, what's toddlers? And then when Bluey has that choice to make about the um, flying fox. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> um, side note on the flying fox. Uh, so we know it was not our children that voiced yes. the, the bratty toddler who wouldn't hand over the flying fox. But the voice to me sounded very muffiny. Oh, yeah. It did sound uh, like maybe they'd just uh, gone to one of their regular kids. <laughs> yeah. So I wondered if it was um, Jack's little sister, like the same actor. That, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. But did you think? Toddlers all sound so similar, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's the high-pitched wine. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Something about it sounded muffiny to me, but actually now that I say that, yeah, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps it is the high-pitched wine. <laughs> Oh, toddlers, we love you. There's two bits right at the end, which I just love, and that's, um, you know, Chili and Bandit sitting on the couch and they're um, having a giggle about um, something funny that Bingo said. Today I asked Bingo to tidy her beads away and she said, I'm not interesting in that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Cute. Yeah, which um, is so cute because Will always says, I'm exciting about something rather than Ooh, I'm excited. Okay. So I was, he's like, so I'm excited better than not interesting as well. And I'm like, you <laughs> are exciting, Will. You are exciting. Um, and then Bluey says, like, do you tell stories about us when we're asleep? And I'm like, oh. every parent does this. Yeah, every totally. Uh, although I don't know if this is every parent or just me, but I constantly sit down with age at the end of the night and like, there was something I meant to tell you today (laughs) and I have no idea. And yeah, this is, again, I just, you know, start tattooing them on myself or something. (laughs) That's the only way I will remember them. (laughs) Um, But I mean that line at the end. Oh, Oh. And, and again, it's that beautiful, soft, slow theme. And then like, it just ends and he's like, I promise I will always love you. I mean, I, I'd read the script and yep. I still cried when it ended. <laughs> oh, did it get you in the field? I think this is my line of the episode, actually. I promise I'll always love you. That's so, so beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. Um, what about your line of the episode? So yeah, uh, mine, I, back to the, the, uh, relatable parenting moments is absolutely, um, Bandit's recounting of telling Bingo um, to please stop whinging and she's, I've only just started that. (laughs) Man, what toddler, like what, yeah, young child once they're whinging has ever, they've always only just started, haven't they? Like there's always more to come. Oh, my So, yeah, that's uh, less moving, equally relatable. (laughs) I will also (laughs) always love my children, but, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, they will always be valuable player? It's got to be us, surely. No. <laughs> I thought there was a very, uh, very high-performing library dog in there somewhere, Kate. <laughs> oh, she's going to be she's gonna be an Oscar nominee for sure. Um, breakthrough um, role. Uh, I think 
I said I was so proud of Bluey when she didn't get on the Flying Fox. And, yeah, in that moment she was my MVP of this episode, I reckon. Like, lovely. Yeah, you? Mine's chilly. I mean, I think she just owns it and runs with it and she's really teaching the good lessons here. Um, So, yeah, mine has to be chilly. But, you know, we're close second. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I promise I'll always love you. Um, (sighs) One highlight of this episode for me that comes after the the end of the plot uh, because – there have been a lot of celebrity names pop up in the credits of Bluey in this uh, first half of season three, um, but it was uh, only once the credits ran that I realised we were the only guests in this episode. So it was just Kate McMahon and Mary Bolling up there with writer Joe Brum and Dave McCormack and Melanie Zanetti. I'm like, Next to that, like I just hadn't kind of realized that, like I knew we were going to be in the credits. Lovely Ludo double checked the spellings of our names to make sure they'd be right in the credits. But uh, yeah, until I actually saw it there, I'm like, but our names are there with our heroes, and that was amazing. So, uh, top job, library dog Kate, (laughs) top job, library dog Mary, and um. We know that there's a few people in the Ludo team that regularly listen to the podcast and we just want to say thank you so much for having us <sighs> as part of your little family because it's honestly um, such a privilege and an honour to be part of it. I feel like we're almost representing all the hardcore Bluey fans out there. So I hope we we're do doing it okay for the job. people. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just that we're self-absorbed talking about it. <laughs> No, this one's for you, everyone. Um, Um, And thank you so much to all the people that were celebrating with us because I think if there was ever a real communal feeling celebration Uh. about two lines of, of, (laughs) of, you know, (laughs) terrible surprise noises and things, it was – I felt so much love. I even got introduced in an exec meeting um, with the top team in child protection and um, my director introduced me as the library dog. (laughs) (laughs) Without context, that could sound very dismissive, but it's actually the greatest compliment ever. So thank you. And then it started a conversation, you know, because when you might encounter this, when people at my work are like, oh, bluey. And um, there's like 50% of people who you clearly know that don't have small children just look a little bit confused, like, oh, isn't, is that a kid's show, you know? And then like, and then there's this cohort of like other parents who are like, you're on Bluey, oh, my God, like, you know, like yeah. a rock star. It's uh, amazing. So funny. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, there's definitely two types of people out there. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the bluey types are the better types. So <laughs> good work. Uh, I can say that confidently knowing that everyone listening is a bluey type. <laughs> Not offended. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, I think Mail we're bag. there. And I do a really quick mailbag yes. because um, I am so excited to check in. Uh, I've been, yeah, wanting to get to this for ages. Lovely Andrew. Um, got in touch with us um, back in August last year about his daughter, Phoebe. Now, um, uh, Andrew and his family are in Sydney and in August they let us know that um, two weeks ago uh, then they'd found out that Phoebe had a brain tumour. He messaged when she'd had successful surgery and they knew she was going to be okay, Um, but there were many, many hours on the ward where um, she was able to move her ahead um and they watching bluey got them through so um at that point andrew and phoebe decided to rate every episode of bluey and had a system that was out of 10 um but andrew says a few got scores in the millions thanks to the strong pain drugs which (laughs) (laughs) phoebe i love that um and, yeah, Andrew says he loves the pod and he thought we might like this story, which oh, uh, clearly that. knows very well, Andrew. Thank you. Um, the million uh, the million vote or the million point episodes were Sleepy Time, Veranda Santa, Duck Cake and Magic Xylophone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she loved the trailer for Perfect as well, and um, uh, all of the she showed it to all of the nurses uh, when they came to check in on her. So I guess that was yeah. While we're all waiting for Perfect to land for Father's Day, um, so yeah, that was so great. Uh, Andrew checked back in in December as well and said uh, Phoebe and her brother Jude uh, were loving the new series. Uh, and the new podcasts and, uh, the interviews we did. Um, Jude and hi Jude, as well as Phoebe listens to our podcast in bed every night and then wows us with his bluey trivia. So, um, that's a comprehensive update, but yeah, I just loved every single bit of it. So hi to the whole family and so glad you're listening and all doing well. And yeah, I hope 2022 is just so bright for, you guys and for everyone who has survived 2021 with a lot of Bluey piled up. Yeah. I mean, Bluey has gotten us through so many hospital visits as well and I just, yeah, relate hard, well done. Um, It's not easy and I hope that this year's a little bit gentler for the whole family. Yes, for all the family. Beautiful, (laughs) isn't it, right? Yeah. beautiful. Uh, Yeah. and yeah, hopefully, uh, Phoebe's added promises to the list of million point episodes. <laughs> I think it's us. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, solid, yeah. solid eight out of ten. I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. The support cast let it down. No. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, um, Kate. I think we're there. We what an epic uh, recap, but. Uh, what a way I, to start back, though. I'm so excited to be back in the wagon with you, and um, I promise that I will uh, recap every episode of Bluey in S3 Part 1 with you. <laughs> so uh, I promise to, and I promise to try uh, to do so in a timely manner. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you would like to um, just, you know, blow your time commitments out the window and indulge in more Bluey, um, feel free to follow us on social media. You can find us, we're at Bluey Pod on Facebook and Instagram, at Bluey Podcast on Twitter, and you can email us um, with your stories or just your general thoughts about um, any of the new episodes it's blueypod at gmail.com kate it's been uh even better than it promised to be uh so lovely chatting we will talk next week but in the meantime it's gotta Gotta be be done done. bye bye excuse me can you help my little brother please oh yes here you go young man read to me (laughs) me want books for big boys uh next to the magazine Thanks.